Time itself. Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Now we are back in Disney World, and to prove it, here's the W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 274 for the week of May 13th, 2012. And whether you're a mother, a mom-to-be, or just share some motherly advice, I hope you had a very happy Mother's Day. With the WDW Radio Group Cruise on the Disney Dream coming up this November, we're opening up the inbox this week to answer your questions not only about our cruise, but cruising on the Disney Cruise Line in general. From pre- and post-stays in Walt Disney World to getting to Port Canaveral and what to do once you're there, dress code on board, things to do in port and on Castaway Key, Richard Sherman, best places to get snacks on board the Disney Dream, the Kids Club, excursions, and much, much more. And whether you're joining us on the cruise in November, and yes, there's still time to book, if you're a first-time cruiser or you've been on the Disney Cruise Line in the past, there's something here for everyone. I'll then have the answer and winner for last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new one for your chance to win a special prize for fans of Marvel's The Avengers. I'll then have a couple of quick announcements, including more information about the next WDW Radio Meet of the Month during Star Wars weekends coming up this week, how you can win some prizes if you join us throughout the day, our WDW Radio Meet in New York City in June, and our private dinner at the American Adventurers Club. I'll then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. It's a small In less than six months, the Disney Dream will once again depart on a four-day voyage to Nassau and Castaway Key, but this cruise is going to be a little bit different, as it's going to mark the second WDW Radio group cruise on board the ship. From November 4th through the 8th, listeners from literally around the world are going to gather once again for a cruise that we can all enjoy together. And in addition to all that the ship and the ports has to offer, we're going to once again have a number of special events and activities exclusively for our group. And this year, we even have more surprises in store, but more importantly, someone else who's going to make this cruise unlike any before it, because joining this cruise just for those who are part of the WW Radio group 
is Disney legend Richard M. Sherman. You know his name for decades, synonymous with Disney music in classic films and theme park attractions. And their credits are like a best of list from the Disney films and TV shows and theme park attractions from Mary Poppins to the Jungle Book, Tigger Movie, It's a Small World, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, Imagination, Tiki Room, countless others. They've won Academy Awards, nominations, Grammys, Tonys, Golden Platinum Albums. Certainly the, the Sherman Brothers and Richard Sherman needs no introduction. You know he's been on a guest on the show with me in the past. He's now going to be our very special guest on the cruise. He's going to share stories and music and more with just our group uh, for a trip that I know none of us are going to forget. And as we approach the cruise, many of you have sent and asked me in person questions, not just about our cruise, but Disney cruising in general. So this week, we want to answer your questions, share some more information, and tell you that if you're interested how you can still join us on board in November. And joining me again this week is a woman who helps make a little bit of Disney magic in her own special way. She is, of course, Becky Mankin, owner of Mouse Fan Travel. Not just who I use for my own travel, but who I recommend, of course, a partner here at WW Radio. And I'm so glad to welcome back the woman who will make Aqueduct history with her first oh, wow. ride in November. Someone whose Pirates in the Caribbean deck party costume will be one that is going to be spoken about for the ages. <laughs> the person who thinks six-hour meals at Remy are the best ways to spend an evening and for whom extra rations are brought on board to make the multitude of sunken treasure drinks in evolution. So, Becky, I want to welcome you back to the show. And I'm excited. I am. I look. I'm excited, not as a host of, but as a guest to be on board the dream in November. It cannot come fast enough, and it's coming very fast. I was doing so well until you set those levels of expectation that I can't even possibly hit. Well, okay, the sunken treasure part, not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) The rest, however, the whole aqueduct, I don't know, in a costume thing, we might have to negotiate that one. Yeah, so the, the drinking sunken treasures in Evolution and six-hour meals in Remy, that's not really a stretch for you. That's like a typical night. That's just how you roll. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so right. if we do have enough of those, getting you on the aqueduct and a uh, in costume on the Pirates in the Caribbean deck party should be no problem whatsoever. And really, just we'll do it for the children. And we'll talk about that. We will talk about that later. We have several months for you to try to talk me into such shenanigans. There is a lot we're going to talk about, but I, I want to first, I want to start off by answering some of the many questions we received. I want, and then we're going to tell people a little bit more about what we have planned for the cruise, how they can join us. There's still our cabins and great rates available, and maybe a little hint as to some of what else we have planned on board because the planning stages have begun. Our marathon conversations have been going on. The strategizing and, uh, and dare I say, scheming for some of the surprises as well. Again, nothing like teasing a little bit. We can't give away everything. we got to be a little careful. What it's we, always what part we of the say. fun. It's part of the fun. I know. And you're going to start yelling at me because I want to give away more than I probably should. But listen, let's get right into the questions because these are questions, some of which are specific to our cruise. Some are about Disney cruising in general. And... Look, I've always believed that, notwithstanding our cruise alone, you know, talking about the Disney Cruise Line when we talk about Walt Disney World makes sense because for a lot of people, it's a great either preview of or extension of 
a Walt Disney World vacation, sort of doing the, the land and sea. And that's what I love about the dream is that because the dream is three, four, and five days, you can do it at the beginning of or at the end of sort of bookending a Walt Disney World trip as well. Easily. It's one of the most popular things to do down in Orlando when you uh, add a cruise onto your Walt Disney World vacation. There are so many benefits and, and Disney magic that you'll get on board the cruise ship that you don't find on land and vice versa. So it's a nice mixture. And we've talked about this in the past, the the ability that Disney has had to sort of bring that Disney experience on board a ship that is one that is not based on you know, meeting characters and Disney attractions and things like that. They've brought that experience on board without it being sort of an over-the-top, you know, Mickey Mouse everywhere kind of experience. And it's things that we found that families are certainly doing, adults are doing, couples are doing, spring breakers are doing, s- solo people are doing well too. And that's one of the things that this cruise affords you as well is that whether you are in any or all of those groups, whether you come solo or bring the whole family, we have a lot of stuff on board that we can all do together. And that's what makes this a lot of fun. Yeah, there truly is something for everybody on board a Disney cruise ship. And you, so many people have that feeling that when you get on board, and we've talked about this before uh, a lot, that they think there's going to be characters at every turn and the only food you're going to get are chicken fingers and, and French fries. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But there are so many other options on board and some of the m- most fine dining that you'll find is on board this ship. So, which of course, yeah. we'll talk to or talk about. Yeah, because to that point, I don't think I've ever actually seen you eat a chicken nugget or French fry. So <laughs> it's it's kind of hard when you have Paulo and and Remy and snacks and you know just the great food that's available in the dining room. It and of course ice cream, which we'll, yeah, we'll we'll get to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I know. Believe it or not, we're not going to start ahead with of food. Ourselves. Right, we're not going to. Well, I, I sort of take we that back. Did. We are going to sort of talk talk about food because. Let's get right into the first question. It comes from Ray Kastner. He's super psyched to join us. He said, I just listened to last email question show with Becky. Thought of some questions for the cruise. First one, we'll we'll hit these sort of one by one. Dress code for the various functions, shows, meal, etc. A lot of people have this similar question. Some are more concerned with this dress code for dinner. How do you have to dress when you get on board? What's the weather going to be like? Can I wear shorts to dinner? And so, you know, it is sort of a... It is a casual cruise. It is not one that is, you don't need to worry about bringing your your black tie and tails. You don't have to, but a lot of people, not a lot, but many people do. It's it's kind of interesting. If I fit because, into my tux, I would, but I don't. So, and I, that's not that, going to happen anytime soon. So We can always rent you one, just saying. Move along. Um, so basically, in, in general, each day, the Navigator, which is the day's daily newsletter that shows everything that's going on, it lists the attire for that specific evening. And it will list either cruise casual, formal, etc. But you will see everything from tuxes and in beaded ball gowns, which, sorry, you're not going to catch me in one of those, (laughs) to dockers and polo shirts. So in general, the dining rooms at dinner, in a perfect world, they prefer that you not wear jeans or shorts or t-shirts, but you'll see them. They're not going to kick you out if you wear those. If you're looking at, um, if you're trying to walk in there in your Mouse Fan Travel Speedos, Lou, they're going to kick you out because they don't want you in beachwear. They don't want people in bathing suits in the dining room at dinner. So that's kind of like the the line to cross or not to cross. Um, 
there are there is a formal night because some people for vacations they really do enjoy dressing up that's one of the only opportunities they have to dress up and that's part of their vacation experience so you will see people dressed in tuxes and suits and more formal attire at formal night but it's not required you can still wear um, dockers or slacks in a collared shirt and still be very comfortable and around many other people in the same attire at formal night. Yeah, and of course there is the exception because there always is one. Certainly, right. Paulo and Remy are the uh, exceptions there as well too, uh, as far as specifically what men have to wear. Right, and I was I was speaking obviously to the three main restaurants, which are are your um, rotational restaurants. So talking about Paulo. They do have a dress code there for both dinner and their brunch experience, if you're lucky enough to grab one of those very coveted reservations. For them, they're looking at um, dress pants and a collared shirt, or a jacket and tie is, is fine as well. Um, the, a jacket's not required at Apollo. For women, they're looking at a dress or pantsuit. In there, no jeans, no shorts, no capri pants, no flip-flops or tennis shoes because if you are in, in any of those, they will ask you to go and change. So that is one of your exceptions. And then at Remy, of course, that is much more. It's another step up. And men, uh, a jacket is required. So make sure that you um, are prepared and bring the right attire for what you want to uh, for where you want to dine. The jackets required for men, um, they do ask for sports jacket, suit, or tuxedo jacket is very common that you'll see in there. A dress, pants or slacks, um, ties are optional. Please, no jeans, shorts, sandals, that type of thing. And for ladies, they're looking for cocktail dresses, evening dresses, pantsuits, kind of like what you would expect to see at um, uh, Victorian Alberts. That type of, of dress is what is kind of expected in Remy. Yeah, and my best tip for you is to wear stretchy pants. Like if you could wear <laughs> yoga pants or something with an elastic waist, because I promise you that you can, and really you should, eat as much as possible when you're at these restaurants or at least bring a change of pants that's one size larger. Because <laughs> my day three. Yes, <laughs> yes. And if, if you're even thinking or planning to go to Remy, make sure you've got that jacket for the guys. Um, they do and, and you experienced this personally, they do have a few jackets that they could loan to you if you happen to get a, uh, a reservation when you're there that you weren't expecting. However, it's always better you're going to be more comfortable in your, in your own clothing. Yeah, don't, you don't have to do a Jerry Seinfeld borrow the Friars Club jacket kind of thing. <laughs> Although I did look pretty smashing in the uh, little crested jacket there. But yeah, and, and wear Spanx or man, Sp Spanx. Manx, Manx, Manx for men. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. So there, for restaurants, there are three levels here. There's basically your high end, which is the Paulo Remy with a dress code. The three rotational restaurants that you will go to, which are um, uh, going to be the ones that you sit in for the cruise casual, might be formal night, etc. And then you have just your quick service buffet location, which there is a lot more casual. You can wear yeah. jeans there. You can wear shorts there. That's a whole other category altogether. Yeah, we'll talk about so, some of the Deck 11 dining Flip flop yeah. dining, as I like to call it. So basically, there's somewhere to eat in any attire that you are prepared and want to show <laughs> Including up. Including no attire at all if you want to eat in your rooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You do have put on a robe when they come to deliver it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> 
put on a robe and be prepared with just a, a couple of dollar bills because for room service you do want to tip them. But other than that, especially don't just yeah. all right, move on, please. Yeah, you know what? I, I do want to. We're going to come back to the rest of Ray's question, but I, looking down the list, I did see that James, aka Disney North, because he's from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, a said they they just booked their first cruise for January. They're doing a seven-day Eastern Caribbean. They have a four-year-old and a 10-month-old. So they were concerned about some of those fancier formal nights. They were concerned it might be too fancy, too formal, and they were concerned that maybe it might be too much for their kids. And do you think that they can or they should opt out of that rotational dinner if they think that their kids are not going to want to sort of get dressed up? But I think, I think probably not because it isn't for the kids something where they have to worry about wearing a jacket. They can just be in a short sleeve collared shirt and, and khakis as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and don't don't not have this experience. Don't have it this way. Don't avoid this experience just because you're afraid that, you know, your your child's not going to look okay in their in their little polo shirt. Please take advantage of the opportunity. Have a great meal. Dress up if you would like to dress up and enjoy the evening because that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean look, Becky doesn't even own a dress and she's gone out to these restaurants. So you're you're fine. <laughs> All right, Ray is moving on because he's thinking about excursions. And obviously the, the uh, Disney dream goes to Nassau and my favorite, Castaway Key. And he said, other than Castaway Key, because we're going to get to that, what shore excursions do you recommend, if any? Or are we going to have more fun staying on the dream, just playing around? Now, I think there's sort of two different schools of thought here, Becky. There are some people that want to go out and explore Nassau and do some of the excursions or shop or eat whatever it might be. And then there's the other camp, and I can kind of take that because I am one who, especially because I have young kids, I like being on board ship when we go to Nassau. Because most of the people do disembark, you have really the ship to yourself, whether it's Deck 11, out by the pool, dining options. You really sort of have a lot more freedom and flexibility just to enjoy kind of a down day uh, at port. You, you get some beautiful views from up, up on deck of Nassau. But I prefer sort of spending that time just enjoying the ship. Yeah. And when you only have four days, that's not a lot of time on this ship. That's for sure. A seven day isn't enough time on this ship. So for me, I, I totally agree with you. They're the two schools of thought. If you've never been to Nassau before, obviously they do have some wonderful shore excursion, including city tours, the Atlantis adventures yeah. and beach excursions, and the uh, the dolphin encounters are very popular. So if that's something you've always wanted to see or try or do, we, we also have a lot of clients who are um, who do like to gamble. And of course, they don't have casinos on board the Disney ships as they do um, on several other uh, the other cruise lines. <clears throat> so a lot night, of people... Night in Becky's yeah. room. Um, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people will take that opportunity <laughs> to head over to Atlantis and do a little a little gaming just for the fun of it but I personally if it's a four night and I've been to Nassau before I do exactly what you do I would prefer to kind of just hang out on the ship it's not as crowded because a lot of people are in port and you can of course have that um, ability to enjoy some of the things that aren't so crowded like up on the aqueduct or or playing the uh the, the game uh, around the ship as well so yeah I'm gonna kind of vote for staying on the ship but I, I will play devil's advocate because I have been to Atlantis with my kids uh, in the past. And it is a great place to take the whole family. There's a lot of uh, adventures and sightseeing and there's shopping mm -hmm. and the grounds are beautiful. Look, too, if you're a diver, if you are really into diving, there are a lot of great uh, shallow water dives that you can do out in Nassau as well. 
And you can go look as kind of exotic as you want. So whether you want to do a cigar experience or a wine or rum tasting thing, you can do a dolphin training excursion. Keep in mind, too, though, all these excursions are also at an additional cost. So right. if that's something that is something that you have to sort of keep in mind, you know, staying on board isn't going to cost you anything except, again, for poker night in Becky's room. But those things <laughs> well, uh, are win, potentially a nice addition uh, if you do want to get off and sort of explore some of what Nassau has to offer. Yeah, that's true. It's a great port for a lot of those activities. But again, four days on this ship with so much to do. Yeah, It's a hard call, but I'm voting for staying on board. Now, on Especially the opposite that side of the coin, opposite side of the coin, Castaway Key, he's asking, what do you recommend doing there? What do I recommend? Getting off the ship. I recommend yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've got to go to Castaway Key because there's a lot to do there. And there are some things that are not necessarily excursion-based. So, for example... Pelican Plunge. You got to go and check out Pelican Plunge. Uh, it's sort of this this water play area, this great water slide. You also have the Snorkeling Lagoon. Uh, there's parasailing. There's a great, and I haven't done it yet, but everybody says uh, that it's awesome, is the Kayak Nature Adventure. We sort of kayak oh, yeah. around, um, um, I want to call it Gorda Key, Castaway Key. Uh, you, can rent, you can charter a boat and you can snorkel, you can fish, you can parasail, you can sightsee. I mean, the water is crystal clear. So there's lots of stuff you can do both in the water and on land as well. Um, and you're right, sometimes a full day Castaway Key almost doesn't seem like enough. I would tell you, if the ship only went to Castaway Key and stayed there for two or three days, that would that would sell the cruise. Yeah, right. I don't agree with you a lot, Becky, but this time I actually do. (laughs) And of course, on Castaway Key as well, you've got just the nature trails and the bike rentals and the stingray encounters. And there are so many things to do there. And of course, it all has that Disney quality and the Disney touch. So I Again, am I saying this? I actually agree with you. I would get off yeah. the ship that day. <laughs> and and the thing I like about Castaway Key is, again, they've replicated the types of experiences you have on board ships. So, for example, if you want to go and play in Pelican Plunge or Spring Leak in the water play areas, you can do that. If you want to go to the family beach, you can. But if you want to have some adult time, there's an adult private beach as well, too. There's a hideout, a teens-only activity area on the beach. If you really want to indulge yourself, you want a little luxury, Ray's asking about things like the cabanas. They have uh, private cabanas both on Castaway Family Beach and Serenity Bay as well where you have your own little hut right on the beach and it's uh, it's covered, it's shaded, there's hammock outside, there's, yeah. I know, this is all, <laughs> there's cool towels, there's fresh fruit, there's, all, you know, right. there's butler service, so that, you know, it's great. And if that's what you like, it certainly is worth it because, again, that too is a an enhanced experience. It is a, an add-on experience. I will tell you, I'm very addicted to the cabana experience. It really is a great way to experience Castaway Key. A, a lot of people will look at it at first because of the family beach. It it is four hundred ninety nine dollars at the time of this recording um, for six guests. Are, are included. It can go up to 10, but it's $50 per person additional. But what you get for that, you get, um, of course, like you said, the, uh, the little cooler of bev- beverages is available to you. You've got a 325 square feet 
basically heaven on a beach <laughs> that is your private space um, that's shaded and it's great for a family. It also includes bike rental and snorkel gear. So there's a lot of things that come with that. And when you divide it by the number of people, it really isn't bad cost-wise. They also have some of the cabanas over at the uh, adult beach as well, over at Serenity Bay. And the price on that is $3.99 for up to six guests. And then I think that's where they stop it. They don't, over at Serenity Bay, things are a little bit more calmer. They don't want to... Um, uh, to load up the cabanas very much, but I've seen people add at times, but figure up to six guests for three ninety nine there. But again, the experience you get, the benefits you get, you push a button and the, the little cabana boy comes over and oh, takes you. Yeah, yeah, you just call him a cabana, <laughs> a little cabana boy. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> you get to sit there and you're very comfortable and you're in the shade and it's your area and you don't have to fight for a... Um, uh, for a spot on the beach and again heaven heaven in the sand yeah so basically if you're like becky and you don't like sand in your speedos but just want a little bit of a a, a relaxing covered shaded beach environment with you know chase lounges and a little dining table and refrigerator this is definitely you have your own shower which yeah. is nice so it is it is a nice indulgence it is Look, if you especially if you're going a, as a couple or an, uh, a number of adults want to sort of go out and enjoy a little add-on experience like that, um, it, it probably is very well worth it. Just and each get to one has its does. sorry. Each one of them has a, their own hammock too, right there. That's that's worth the price of admission. Yeah. The hammock. And <laughs> if you are, by the way, a little cabana boy, please send all your hate mail to Becky directly. Wow, uh, that was her comment. <laughs> all uh, right, I didn't mean it that way. Ray's final question is: If the sign-up for riding the aqueduct with Richard Sherman fills up. Will there be a sign-up for Riding with Becky? Absolutely. I will tell you, Becky will be happy. I'm just going to turn your volume down. Becky will be happy to ride the aqueduct with as many people as she possibly can during the four-day cruise. Let's move on to... You do know uh, that I've never ridden. Exactly. It's going to be an an, an adventure, to say the least. Why do you think I'm going to do it now if I haven't done it the past few times that I've been on board the ships? In January, we'll be booking a four-night cruise on the Dream and then surprising our kids, especially if they're not listening, at breakfast on the day of debarkation (laughs) by letting them know that we'll actually be staying on board for the next cruise. Love it. Right now, uh-huh. this should truly call for Parent of the Year nominations because, of course, we are, after all, doing this for the kids. Smiley face with a wink. So, my question <laughs> is, what should we be expecting the morning that we transition between the, the, the two cruises? We have the same stateroom booked for both, so we know that we won't have to pack everything up. But what's the procedure for customs and checking in on the second cruise? Are we going to be able to return to our statement before the normal time of about 1.30 or so? What's going on on board? Can they do aqueduct or midship detective? So they want to know sort of what's open, what's available for them to do, what the process is like, because I want to make sure that they use their time wisely when there aren't as many people on board. They say, thanks for the show. Keeps us a lot closer to Disney while we've been living in Romania over the last year and a half. Well, I have good news and I have... Bad news on this scenario because basically, as I understand it, it all depends on the port authority for that specific cruise. And I've sailed back to back and no procedure has been the same way twice. It has been different every time. 
Um, the last time I was back to back, we were able to stay or to keep our stuff in the cabin. So you, you on this particular cruise over on the East Coast going out of Port Canaveral, you should be able to leave everything in your cabin. But they are going to probably, like they did with me last time, ask you to disembark and then go back through the check-in process and then come back on board. So you're not going to be able to just hang out on the ship. They need to clear it totally for customs and for the Port Authority. So it's not like you get to just hang out and, and go play when everything is, when there's somebody on board the ship. They will ask you to, most likely ask you to disembark and then check in and come back on. Um, we've had to wait in the port in the past for an hour or two before we could come back on, but that was like right before they allow everybody else or general boarding to begin. So that was one time. There was one time they allowed us to stay on, but it was a whole different port. And then to confuse the issue, there are some ports, because I don't want someone to listen to this and think that that's the case for everywhere. There are some ports that due to customs regulations and specifically for the ones on the West Coast that maybe you're going through um, uh, L.A. to Vancouver and so forth, they are actually not allowing people to be in the same cabins, and they're actually requiring people to pack and fully disembark and come back on. Mm. So as you can tell, I don't have the end-all, be-all answer to this because it's completely going to be dependent on the port authority for the sailing that you're on. When you do board, make sure to tell them you're a back-to-back cruiser, and they will provide you details um, at the front desk or when you're on board your first cruise, what their procedure is going to be for you to transition between the two cruises. And so I'm thinking about if you are going to have to disembark and you don't know how long that process would be, the basic thing that I would tell you is take your necessities with you. Take your purse, take your cell phone, take medications, things like that, because you just don't know how long that transition and when you can actually get back into your cabin might be. Totally agree. One of them took an hour. Another one took two and a half to almost three hours before we were able to get back on board. So very, very good point. And then as far as things that are open, because we've had opportunity to sometimes get on board a little early, some things like Midship Detective and Aqueduct may not be open right away when you get on board, correct? Uh, correct. It, again, all depends on what they have, what Port Authority and what the onboard staff is doing to do the transition and do, do the turnover. Um, I have seen the Midship Detective Agency, uh, each time I've seen it, I've seen it closed, but that doesn't mean that that's constantly the case. Right. You may be able to get something to eat, but you may not be able to do some of the actual activities like the aqueduct or go swimming, etc. Right. Right, mm-hmm. because staff is uh, is busy in the transition between the two. They do tip, typically have things ready to go and open like right before uh, people start em- embarking uh, so that it's ready to go because a lot of people will get right on board, not even stop, go to grab something to eat, and they will go right up to, to lay in the sun um, and take advantage of the aqueduct and other things. So the bars will be open at that point. Uh, but if you go between... right to the bars. <laughs> well, I mean... I, <laughs> Well, <laughs> come on. It's been a while since I've had a sunken treasure. I'm just saying. A half hour so. doesn't actually qualify as a little while. Well, let me ask you this to that question wow. because somebody asked me the, a question in person mm-hmm. about a week or two ago about the port. And I was trying to remember because I know originally there used to be a cafe uh, inside the port. And, and now that area, I believe, is for concierge guests. So if they come off the ship and they're hanging out in the port, is there still anywhere in the port 
that, that once you get into, you know, you've gone through security, is there anywhere in there to get a snack or something to eat or a bottle of water, drinks, things like that? You know, honestly, I don't think there is. I maybe there might be something around the corner that's hidden that I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen I, it. No, I, I think do you know that 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 whole area that was set aside as a little snack bar and a seating area has turned to uh, to concierge check in and, and platinum guests. Um, I, when I had asked about that at one point, they said they just didn't have uh, enough business to justify having it there. But I'm not sure if they've pulled in a cart or something else of that nature. So I'm just going to go with the um, with the answer of no. Right. Because what we did, because <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. And I have two young kids. I have a six and eight year old going on 35 year old. Uh, when we went to the port and I made sure that we brought with us snacks, Pop-Tarts, granola bars, bottles of water. So while you're sitting there, although everybody's excited and having fun and you're taking pictures with Mickey and Minnie and whatnot, uh, for those of you who may get you know a little hungry, I would definitely bring something with you and not expect to be able to purchase something once you are yeah. through security in the port. Yeah, and even when you first walk into security, just to make it clear, especially for those of you who've never cruised before, the um, you're going to go through a metal detector like you do at an airport. However, it's okay for you to bring through um, water bottles and so forth. It's okay to bring liquids through. So it's not like an airport where you can't bring um, snacks and bottles of water. You certainly can through security. Absolutely. All right, so Paul Kobos is asking a question that a lot of people he is asking a question that is sort of we're consolidating into one and he says my wife and i are really really emphasis and included excited about the ww radio cruise cannot wait until november the only question we have is will richard sherman perform and will we be able to get a cd or sheet music signed richard sherman's gonna be there awesome (laughs) <laughs> he's not going to be serving you. He's not your cabana boy in your cabana. So oh, I wouldn't. Are you kidding? I will bring him anything he wants. I'm uh. with you. I think we would all bring him whatever he would need or like, including a pen and something for him to sign. So, uh, you know, this is one of those things, Becky, that um, certainly Mr. Sherman is going to. Here's the lawyer answer. He's going to share his music <laughs> and his stories with us. We do have to save a little bit of a surprise for you and exactly how and when that is going to take place. Um, I would probably say it's a safe bet that he may sing a little ditty or two. Uh, I think there will also be an opportunity for you to have something signed. We're going to have more information about exactly what and where and how you can do it. Of course, we're going to ask that you not bring 35 copies of Mary Poppins to have him sign and instantly put up on eBay. So... Because there are going to be a lot of people and a lot of people, you know, asking him to sign 500 copies of Mary Poppins uh, for all the guests. And then, you know, additional ones for for individual people might be a lot for him. So uh, we, we'll, we'll talk more about exactly what we would ask that you, you know, can bring. Um, but as far as the, the concert and performance, I'm smiling because, you know, and I know <laughs> and and I will tell you, he is very he is very, very excited about joining us on board. Yeah, and you and I both know we're very excited to have him. <laughs> this this is going to be incredible. But this is probably a good time to start talking about like what we had to talk about last year. That it's not that we 
um, are, are trying to keep anything or hide anything from anybody, like I don't know a, a roast or something that you might yeah, not know about. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what it really the comes. Dish best la, 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 la. No, we're we're done with that game. Remember, it's already been done. Don't want to do it again. So anyway, this might be a good time to talk about that expectation of when we're going to be able to actually release uh, exact schedules and exact pieces because. Those of you who were with us last year know that it took until about a month out before we sailed, before we actually had a full schedule set in stone. And a good part of that was because we kind of have to wait on on Disney Cruise Line. They have to approve the times and the venues and the things that we can use and when. And for cruises, they just don't do that until about a month out. So... We're going to do our best to have as much information as quickly as we can, but please understand and be patient if it does take us a while to put out an exact schedule. Yes. Believe me, it's equally sometimes as frustrating for us, especially when we're running to get things printed up three days (laughs) before the cruise. Yeah. (laughs) I spent a lot of time at FedEx Kinko's. I was going to say, I'd love to avoid those rush charges, really. (laughs) Um, But it's the game that that has to be played, unfortunately, because of, of working within the Disney Cruise Line constraints. So, again, we'll... We'll know and we will share and learn and as we confirm it. But the other thing we don't want to do, too, is come up with the the schedule that we think that we're going to have. Tell everybody so everybody starts making their arrangements in all directions and then us come back and say, oh, well, Disney isn't able to put us in that venue for that time period. So we have to change it now. So we we want to share the information when it's 100 percent ready and confirmed and with a group our size it does make it a little bit difficult. Right. So thank you for your patience way ahead of time. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's exactly the point. You know, if, if our group was 15 people, it would make things simpler, not as much fun, but simpler. Yeah. But when you're talking about a group of 500 people and, you know, we're trying to sort of, there's very few venues that will accommodate our groups for some of the things that we want to do and some of the things that we have planned. So, but this actually goes to a question from Angela and Graydon, also from Toronto, Canada. And they said, my girlfriend and I are planning to go with you on the November cruise. We're trying to make our dining reservations and make sure they don't interfere with any functions or activities you may have in store for us all. Again, this is a question I've gotten dozens of times. Any information or a rough itinerary for the group would be greatly appreciated because it seems like dining reservation times have to be made in advance. When your book with Mouse Fan Travel, they're given times of 6.15 and 8.15. So let's first, Becky, uh, address Mm -hmm. the dining question and then on on a more general sense, address some of the other things because there are a lot of activities that you can and you absolutely should book in advance of your cruise. So dining-wise, let's talk about the two dining rotational choices and, and sort of what we've been recommending to people. Yeah, sure. The the dining, the official group dining is going to be main dining. So it's usually either 545, 6 or 615. I think on the R's it's 6, even though it's a 615 here. They bounce that around too. But the official group where the majority of the group is going to be on main dining. So unless you specifically request, and you make that request, by the way, not through Disney Cruise Line, you call your vacation planner um, for mouse fan travel and tell them that you want to be on late dining. So if you specifically request to be on late, then we will accommodate you on late dining with whatever part of the group is dining late. And last time it was less than 10% of the group was, um, was decided to, or preferred to be on late dining. Otherwise all of the 
WDW Radio Cruisers will be on main dining on the same rotation, sitting in the same area. So we will make that change when we get close. And again, dining arrangements are usually made about three weeks before we travel. So everybody that we have in our group, <clears throat> excuse me, unless we specifically have a request that you want to be on late, we are going to move you into main dining into our rotation. Which is awesome because it becomes we're all in main dining. Then we all go over to the theater to see Believe or Golden Mickey's or Villains Tonight over at the Walt Disney Theater. So you're going to be able to see a lot of the same people from the group there. But that being said, there are obviously other things going on on board ship that you can do and book in advance. And the first thing that comes to mind is spa and fitness kind of activities those kind of things like that the census spa believe it or not becky i've been on the dream twice i've been on the fantasy ones i have never been to the census spa i think no. I need it for, yeah, research purposes no um, yeah, me I the aqueduct you. you the spa oh my gosh i hear there's a, here. i hear there's a fitness center i have no desire to go there but the <laughs> census spa with the rainwater thing i have actually never been in there I've been to the spa. <laughs> uh, why does that not surprise me? But anyway, yeah. so if you want to book a, a, a spa treatment, you want to book a day in the spa, you want to book some of the things maybe on Goofy Sports Deck, this is where I've been telling people, and you could tell me if you think otherwise, if there's something you want to do, especially if it's a dining reservation for Remy or Paolo, and you need to sort of explain how that process works, I say book it. Book what you want now. There'll be opportunities Possibly to move it around, especially for something like a spa appointment. Remy and Paolo is one of the things that sometimes, if you can get it, take it because they will go very, very, very quickly. But as we get closer, we're going to try and reveal some of our events and activities as much as possible. Also, know that we are considerate of the fact that we want you to spend time with the group in small groups and large groups and, and, and activities we have planned but we also want you to enjoy your time on the ship. We want you to go and explore and enjoy. And look, you're going to make and meet lots of new friends, too, that you're going to want to do things with, whether it's riding the aqueduct, eating lunch, hanging out, pin trading, whatever it may be, midship detective agency. So we don't want to overlap too much. We don't want to overwhelm you with too many group activities. We're going to make it so that you can sort of pick and choose things that you want to do, but still have plenty of time to enjoy all that the ship has to offer as well. Yeah, I totally agree. What you just said to just go ahead and book it. If you see it, especially if it's Apollo, Apollo brunch that you would like to do or Remy, grab it, book it, and then we'll be able to <clears throat> to see if we can move it when you get on board if you had to. But if you figure that you're going to be on main dining anyway and you know we're going to be on main dining, make your Apollo or, Re or Remy reservations around those early dining times because you know that we're not going to do any meats or anything that is special during the time that most of us are going to ha have a dining time. So that's kind of safe. Um, any of your spa reservations, anything you want to grab, go ahead and do it. Uh, this is a big time part of your vacation, not just with a group, but with your family and with your newfound friends. And one of the things that I heard from the last cruise and from many of our group cruises where people come back and said, you know what? I loved having those official meets, but I really did love just having those opportunities to sit around with fellow Disney fans who get it and talking and, and right. having a beverage and just enjoying being around the pool and meeting families. So we do want to make sure that there's a lot of time for you, your family and your new friends to get to know each other. So that's why you're not going to see at nine o'clock we're doing this and 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock because it's, 
it is so overwhelming and there's so much to do on board the ship uh, just in general without having a few hundred of your closest friends with you as well. And everything that we do is certainly optional. You don't have to do anything. Look, there's certain things we recommend. The welcome party, the finale party, certainly what we're going to do with Richard Sherman, you're going to want to be there for. But all the other things, there is no... Uh, there's no problem if you choose it. You say, hey, you know what? I'd rather sort of do my own thing. Maybe I'll show up here, come early, leave late, come late, leave early, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. This is your cruise, and we want you to yeah. enjoy it in the best way possible. And look, if you're going to go to Census Spa and you're afraid to go alone, I'll go with you. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I will, because I'm a giver. Exactly. Well, there are the, the villas. You probably, you don't even know what the villas are, do you? I, I just, I <sighs> Isn't that fun? I get to reverse that. Oh, see how I did that? How cool is that? You better move like on. a rain room and a hot tub. We get a hot tub <laughs> together. Anyway, moving on to a question from Jim O'Neill. He says, just about six months until the cruise with about 15 exclamation points after that. Definitely start time to for some serious planning for the trip. We're booked with mouse fan travel, of course. Woo-hoo! But we want to spend, like I said, a few days before and or after I dig the end. After the cruise at the parks. So two questions. Do you plan on holding any sort of meet before or after the cruise? And are there any sort of group rates on rooms available for us cruisers? The answer is yes and kind of and yes. So (laughs) (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the meet before the cruise. A lot of people like to come in a little early before the cruise. And what we did last year... You can sort of connect the dots. What we did last year was, uh, thanks to our friends at Mouse Fan Travel, we had an awesome Illuminations dessert party the night before uh, over in Italy, correct? Yes. Yeah, it was in Italy. One of the few places that could hold 500 people was in Italy. And that was great because everybody was so excited. It was a great opportunity to start meeting people before the cruise. And look, a lot of people, Becky, are already talking, right? Whether it's on the Facebook page, which I'll link to in the show notes, or in the forums, or on the cruise page on the site, just communicating via the blog, Twitter, whatever it may be, they are sort of making friends already, right? There's this community that is forming out of people who are coming on the cruise. This is a great way to start putting names to faces. You see people, you know, the hugs are being exchanged. So it's a great way to kick it off, especially if you're coming as a, a solo couple or if you're coming alone. It, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity. It's something we did before. Um, that is something that, you know, we really enjoyed last year. So you never know what we may do this year. Um that is what we did last year beforehand. We I don't think we didn't do anything afterward. But as far as group rates on rooms available before or after, why don't you touch on what you guys have available there? And we do. We have taken out a couple of group contracts, one pre-cruise and one post-cruise, so that we can put together the buying power of this group. Because basically, when you grab a, a group space and you grab a group contract, we go to Disney and we say, okay, we guarantee that we're going to sell X number of rooms on property. So they give us really good rates. So uh, we do have... Awesome rates that start uh, November 1st through the 4th, so you can get those early. And we can add sometimes even farther in advance, too, if 
if they have it available. But we've got select moder- excuse me, select value resorts, and I think I want to say sports and, uh, and pop century we have available. And let's see, those rates start about $77 a night plus tax. Uh, we also have Caribbean Beach and Port Orleans Riverside. And those are starting at about 137 And then we have some deluxe resorts, which I'm really excited about this because between Wilderness Lodge, Boardwalk, uh, and Beach Club, we've got savings of over $75 a night off regular rates. So those are some great savings. And then if an offer comes out later, we might be able to even have those prices adjust. So not guaranteed, but that's kind of what is, what's happened before. And then if you book into this group, it's going to also give you some advantages to, uh, to getting um, involved in whatever pre-meet that we do before the cruise. Post-cruise, we have a group contract from November 8th through the 12th, which kind of ties into the whole food and wine thing going on as well. And we have All-Star Sports, Pop Century, Caribbean Beach, Riverside, and Beach Club for those particular nights, or yeah, for those nights that we're sitting there. And we can add other resorts as well upon request, but they might not be as high of, um, of savings when you add after the fact. So a lot of opportunity to get some good savings when you put all the people in the group together and get some buying power in with Disney. Awesome. And obviously, if you already are booked on the cruise, uh, talk to your vacation planner. If not, mm-hmm. you can visit Mouse Fan Travel or www.radiocruise.com and they'll uh, get you guys connected. All right. Beck, we got a lot of questions, not a lot of time. Let's move on. This one is exceptionally important. It comes from Christian, a.k.a. Chucko, which I love. I, wanted to, I can't wait to meet Chucko from Florida. He's going on a five-day Oh, he's going on the five-day, the five-day dream cruise in May. Double dip in Castaway Key. I dig it. That's why he's so stoked. <laughs> he was wondering, what are some of the best places to get snacks on board? And who better to ask than Mr. Disney Snacks himself? I think he means me. And again, snacks. <laughs> snacks. It's all about the I, snacks. Listen, Chucko. I have a new pet name for you. It's Snacks. Snacks. I'm going to get that on the back of my basketball jersey. Um, Chucko, if you are hungry on this cruise at any time, Something is wrong. You're doing it wrong because there is food, good food, all the time, everywhere. And I will tell you, look, I love the dining option. I I love um, Animator's Palette. I love the tuna and avocado appetizer. I get like six at Enchanted Garden. Remy, again, not with my wife, but with you, the best meal I've ever eaten because I felt like I wasn't on board a Disney Cruise Line. I felt like I was in France somewhere. Six hours, try the cheese plate and wine pairing. It's awesome. But I will tell you, Becky, one of my favorite places to eat is on deck 11. I I kid you not. I don't mean cabanas. I mean getting little sort of grab-and-go stuff at uh, Flo's V8 Cafe. Luigi's Pizza, Fillmore's Favorites, and Tomato Grill. I know you don't normally partake in the peasant food of hamburgers and french fries, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Tomato's has hamburgers, <laughs> hot dogs, Bratwurst, all this kind of stuff. Luigi's Pizza usually has like six different pizzas. Try the chicken barbecue pizza. It's awesome, especially at like 1130 after you leave Evolution. It's even better. Fillmore's <laughs> has breakfast, lunch, and snack. They've got uh, fresh paninis, wraps, fresh Chicken's fruit, wraps. cookies. Yeah. Go down the, the, the deck a little bit. Ice cream, like Mike Wazowski's ice cream, Frozone treats. Just stick your face under the banana and chocolate <laughs> fr- uh, soft serve, and it's the best brain freeze ever. 
What are you laughing at? I'm, you can tell. I love eating on deck 11. It, I for, was going to say, no, what you normally do is you go to ice cream first, and then you go over and grab pizza, and then you go back to ice cream. So this is why we're don't spanks. be kidding people. Um, but, but in addition to deck 11, right, again, you can get stuff all day late into the evening. Look, I, I kid you not, leaving sometimes the district late at night. There's still movies playing up on Deck 11 uh, on Funnel Vision. You go grab a slice of pizza. There's no charge for the food. Obviously, uh, all the sodas, coffee, whatnot outside. Sitting up on deck watching a movie is awesome. But there's other little places too, Becky, that you can go. You might not think that you can get snacks as well. Mm -hmm. 687, the sports bar, Cove Cafe uh, on Deck 11, adults only. You can get some wonderful different flavored funky coffees they have a little snack thing in there and also the vista cafe on deck four Mm -hmm. it's tucked away in a little corner (laughs) and they've got specialty coffees and teas and they have a self-service little um display case of little treats and snacks and petty fours and i just wanted to say petty fours but (laughs) it's a lot of people don't even know that that's over there because you're, you're so busy doing some of the other things. So Vista Cafe and the big comfy couches, I dig that too. Yeah, and don't forget, anytime you can also order room service. So one of the things you'll do in the afternoon, if you just want to relax and kick back in your stateroom or on your balcony, you can order up some room service and they'll bring you up. Like They have a cheese plate that, that they can oh. deliver for you. Or in the mornings, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to set out the... Uh, the um, the tag the night before and at eight o'clock in the morning, your coffee and your bagels show up and your pastries show up at your door. Um, love that spot in the district. As you said, they have uh, some little things that you can grab and go at, at night, like the mozzarella sticks, which those are so good. They're hard to put down. <laughs> but Vista Cafe is one of my very favorites. And of course, Cove Cafe, I love hanging out in there as well. Yeah. Chicken yeah. and guacamole fajita fresh made room service buffalo uh, chicken wings steaks <laughs> what you sure is a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich and it's all yeah the big cookie you, you get the giant you cookie. know what i noticed more than anything i get so excited started, i get so excited when i talk about food <laughs> i can feel you bouncing from here when you're talking about the food i can just feel your your energy bouncing off your chair <laughs> and i have the physique to match the fact that i go to the to the to the dining locations and not the fitness club, more so on the cruise. <laughs> Let's move on because we, Sandra, who is proud of the fact that she has created another generation of Disney geek, says, can we talk about some of the changes in the kids' clubs since the last cruise? The fact that there's family time and other adult times and other and all other times are adult adults are not allowed in. She thinks she understands it, but wants to be prepared because now the youngest is going to be moving from the nursery to the kids club. So they've always been able to walk in, check out what the kids are up to, touch based, and then went off to our next thing. And what I think um, she's talking about is for the youth activities. So there's the Oceaneers Club, the Oceaneers Lab, Edge, Vibe, and obviously It's a Small World Nursery. Uh, In places like the Oceaneers Club and Oceaneers Lab, they do have a youth activities open house. And that's an opportunity for guests to come and Parents can look around. They can actually participate in some of the activities um, in the those areas that are normally restricted to guests who I think are ages 3 to 12. And then obviously Edge and Vibe are exclusively for the older set. I think adults on the first day can go tour them 
but then they're not allowed it after after that. The open houses, Becky, I believe, are usually like first thing in the morning, which gives people a chance to go in, check it out, maybe acclimate their kids to getting in there. And look, once the kids go in, Sandra, they're not going to want to come out, and and that's yeah. a good that's a good thing. Um, they like you even said, my nine and ten year old will probably not want to spend any time with us, and that's okay. Um, that that is the, you know they're going to have they're going to be having in their minds more fun than you are. Um, their counselors are super cool. They're a lot of fun. They're not just going to be plopped down in front of a, a TV screen somewhere. So you are not going to exist to your kids for a little while. <laughs> and that's good because they get their time. You get your time. You then say your 10 year old is so multiple O's in there excited about meeting Richard Sherman. It's going to be the highlight of her trip. So Becky, what's great about this is adults have their time. The kids have their time, but I wouldn't worry Sandra about Adults being able to come in and out of the kids clubs or certainly not the nursery where kids or adults are not allowed in there at all, except for things like the acclimation zone. Maybe that's what you're thinking about. Um, That time and that location is reserved exclusively for those kids and those open houses will change every day. But I believe are first thing in the morning. I think you're right. I'm trying to look back on some of the information I had, and I think that you are correct with that. But I think that um, that also adds to the security. And a lot of people are afraid to leave their their small children um, on board the ship. But there's no need to be afraid uh, on a Disney cruise because of that level of security. They don't just let people come in and out. And I, you know, you have taken your kids there for years now. How do you feel about, um, about the security that's provided? I will say this. I am still an incredibly overprotective father, especially to my first child, who is my daughter. Uh, 16, just huh? You will never hang out with my daughter. Anyway, (laughs) what I will tell you is that the very first time anywhere I left my kids alone with somebody and I, I'm I actually include my family in this was on the Disney cruise because I had such a sense of certainly safety about leaving there because they're all given RFID tags. Only the parent who checks them in can check them out. You're given a beeper and now the wave phone. Uh, and after meeting the counselors and talking to them and seeing what they do in there, I, I had no fear of what could happen to them. Certainly, they can't go anywhere. They cannot. The kids cannot check themselves out and just sort of walk out and leave. Uh, I felt like they were in such safe and good hands uh, that I was surprised at how comfortable I felt and how I still do feel when my kids get on board and want to literally dash over and how quickly can they get into the Oceaneers Club. And how fast can, can they get away from you so they can go play? Because that, like you said a few oh, yeah, months ago. I'm such a bad father. I'm such a, you know, I'm such, yeah, I'm such a really, <laughs> gee, sorry, kids. You know, you know, Lou Mangello, he's really, really boring dad. Doesn't take you guys wow. anywhere. You just took that and ran with it, didn't you? So you, you only say that so that you can get away and have more ice cream to yourself. Um <laughs> I'm a good dad, I swear. <laughs> you are a great dad. Now, of course, the kids, we have a lot of people that come back from their vacation and they'll go, but I didn't get to see my kids because they wouldn't leave the club. So that just kind of goes to show you how great the programs are and the people are because the kids are attracted like magnets and they love to stay. Right. And we and look, we say that literally half-jokingly because your kids will want to come out and there's lots of family stuff. That, look, I think Midship Detective Agency is a great thing for families to do together because I think it spans so many age groups. My kids were doing it since they were five. I see kids who are doing it with their parents who are teens. So 
again, don't sort of think that your kids are going to go in there and you're not going to see them. And well, then why bother taking them on the cruise with us? Because <laughs> you will, and 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 you're all going to have a great time. But listen, we got we have a lot of questions to go on. John Menson says, "Hey Becky and Lou, wait a minute. Hey Lou and Becky, ah, I think he's, what? This is like John, John, husband of Laura." It's son of Odin, <laughs> both of which are booked in the upcoming cruise. Hi, Vicky at Mouse Fan, he says. We're currently planning on flying down on November 2nd and then doing something we have never done before. Going to the spa? No. He plans on renting a car and driving to Port Canaveral or Cocoa Beach and staying two days before the cruise instead of staying on Disney property. That's all we have planned. So he wants to know, Becky Mankin, owner of Mouse Fan Travel, daughter of Odin, do you guys have any recommendations or ideas for resorts? Do you have any yeah. resorts that you like that are near the beach? What about food? We want to say Oceanside, we're close to good food. And then sort of getting to the port, what's a good strategy to get on the ship early? They understand they can't camp out at the port the night before. That's true, I've tried. What time is safe for us to show up at the port? Should we take a taxi or take the van? And our goal is to get on as soon as Disney will allow us without being annoying to them or getting in anyone's way, looking forward to the cruise. Can't wait to hear about some of the upcoming awesomeness that we will be a part of. Again, that's from John Menson. So, all right, let's talk about Port Canaveral, hotels, food, or Cocoa Beach, and then getting on the ship early. And, John, I'm with you, brother. I, for, I'm the I was the second guy in line on the fantasy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I like John. John, you rock. Just saying. Um, let's kind of hit these one at a time because personally, I'm a big fan of the residence in at Cape Canaveral. It's really near the port, easy stay, spacious rooms, good prices, but you're looking for a beach. So there's a couple of places that I've heard um, that are about within five miles or so of the port and are right near the beach in, uh, in Cocoa Beach, which is an easy shot to get to from the port or vice versa. Um, one of them that we hear a lot about is the Four Points by Sheraton at Cocoa Beach, which is about one block from the beach itself. And then the other one that's kind of right on the beach or close closer with a little bit of a better view, apparently, from what I'm, I hear. Again, I haven't tried these personally, but this is feedback I've received from, from folks, is the Double Tree by Hilton at Cocoa Beach. So those are a couple. Look them up online. Ask, your, ask Vicki because you work with Vicki as your vacation planner. She'll be able to give you much more information about those two. Um, on food, both of those are right in the central uh, district where most of the vacationers are and, and um, there's a couple of places that are are surf related and surf themed and there's a, a lot of shopping. It's like a little little shopping mall that's all dedicated to the beach and surf in that whole area that's especially by the uh, the Four Points by Sheraton. So there's a bunch of different restaurants there. Um, there's a couple of uh, of sushi places I believe and there's a bunch of seafood places in the area obviously because that would fit right with it um, names right off the top of my head I cannot pull anything out but there is a whole bunch of choices right in that area so you're not going to go hungry <laughs> what you want to add anything to the, no. to the hotel before I move on to the strategy no because I, I'm I'm look I'm with John I'm all about getting there first and i wasn't kidding when i said that for the fantasy i was literally the second person in line okay well let's help you with that but because a lot uh-huh. but but uh-huh. just because you're the second person waiting at the curb outside doesn't mean you're the second person on board ship 
And that's exactly what I was going to say next, because they have made some changes at the port. Uh, now that they have the larger ships that accommodate more people, as we found out one time, they can't put all of those people in the port at the same time. So they've put in some policies and some procedures to kind of control the arrivals and the arrival times of, of folks. So the port where the porters are going to be able to, to help you out, the parking garage, even the car companies and the shuttles, uh, you are not going to be able to park or take advantage of that until 11 a.m. So the car companies, their shuttles, uh, the um, the town car folks have been told not to drop, drop guests any earlier than 11. So that's going to be the earliest that you're going to be able to arrive. Now, one of the things that's going to, that's a change if you, troubled with this before or if you've done a Disney cruise and it's been a while when you do your online check-in you want to do this the moment that you actually can because you're a, there's now assigned arrival times that you sign up for when you check in online and even if you're I think the arrival time started 11 and, and go in half hour increments from there there are only so many um, slots that are available for each time period. So the the day that you can sign up for your online check-in, do it so you can get the earliest possible arrival time. So if you're a newbie to Disney Cruise Line, that's 75 days prior. If you're silver, which is after one cruise, it's 90 days. Gold is 105 and platinum is 120. You can hop in there, do your online check-in, pick your arrival time. If it's, say your arrival time is noon but you're going to get there at 11, you can certainly get there earlier. They're, they kind of don't want you to because they don't want to crowd up the uh, the port. But if you arrive earlier, they're not going to kick you out. But there's also boarding card procedures now so that when they board by number, so let's say group one, group two, group three, and you board in, in that sequence, your arrival time at the port is going to dictate your boarding card number. Am I confusing you yet? <laughs> you confused me years ago, and I haven't bounced back since. Why did I just leave that door wide open? So in other words, here's the bullet points for you. When online check is available for you, hop in there and get your the earliest possible arrival time that you can. Because that's going to dictate what time or what boarding group you're going to be in to board the ship. Make sense? Absolutely. And I and I, look and I'm still the person too that I do it for the airport. I do it for the cruise, especially too. I try and get to the port as early as I can. I would rather be at the port and wait outside or stand in the parking deck and talk to people if I have to, which I did last time, um, <laughs> rather than run the risk as happened last time of there being an accident, a late bus, something yeah. crazy goes on, a zombie apocalypse, whatever it is. <laughs> get to the port as early as you can. This way you're there, you can check in, get in, and like I said, even if I had to sit in the terminal for an extra amount of time, I would rather be there than worry about getting there, you know, a half hour before the ship leaves. Yeah. Well, the great thing for John is that they're going to be right there already in Cocoa Beach, so there's not going to be a lot of problems for them because they're going to be about five miles up the road, easy to get to. So for him specifically, um, sign up as early as you can. You'll be able to park or the parking garage is going to open for you just a little bit before 11 and you should be good to go awesome listen we're running long we still have a lot of questions we're going to go through sort of as fast as we as fast as we can 
Vicky and Phil have a similar question. Uh, they're driving to the port. They have a GPS. They want to know what they should type in. Believe it or not, it's very simple. If you type in Port Canaveral, Florida, 32920, that'll take you right there. There is sort of no address. You can't miss it. It's the big place with the boats. Cruise Terminal 8 <laughs> is the one for make sure you pay attention because you need to follow the sign so you end so you end up at the one for the Disney Dream, not the one for the fantasy. I believe it's Cruise uh, Terminal 8. Uh, Check-in, is. they asked if it's, how straightforward is it. Very, very straightforward. Uh, if you're looking to book Remy, how difficult? Again, we said uh, book as soon as you can. So the, the window to start booking dining reservations is how far out from the cruise, Becky? It depends on your level. So if you're a newbie, 75 days prior, silver, 90 days, gold, 105, and platinum, 120. And you have to be paid in full. So normally when that, that uh, paid in full date hits at 75, if your window opens up earlier than that, make sure to talk to your vacation planner so that your cruise is paid in full by the time. And I, I recommend at least three days before your window opens so that there's, if there's any issues with your credit card, if something was take down, taken down improperly, if something wasn't run, your window is, we can resolve that before your window opens. There you go. Um, as far as what night to book, uh, again, you know, Vicky and Phil and everybody else, especially for something like Remy, Remy, which is a small restaurant, it does book up very, very fast. You know, take what you can get is usually what I tell people. Um, sometimes, Becky, I don't like to do Apollo or Remy the first night because especially if it's your first Disney cruise, you want to mm-hmm. get acclimated to the ship. You want to go to your first dining rotation, meet your table mates. So I would look to do maybe the second or third night to, for Remy I mean, in, in an ideal perfect world. Yeah, in a, definitely in a perfect world because that first night is all about kind of getting to know each other. And you gotta got to have to remember, too, is that this doesn't always happen. Please, this is like one of those way off shot possibilities. But you're going to have to wait for your luggage to be delivered. And if you're waiting for your suit jacket to show up and you've got a 6 o'clock dining time, your luggage might not be right there. So either bring that stuff on with you if you do have a first night reservation that has a dress code or just plan to do it second or third night. There you go. All right. Moving on, uh, our buddy Brendan Green says uh, he is going on the Disney Fantasy in June at a great rate. Question about doing laundry at uh, on board ship, whether it's the Fantasy, the Dream, the Magic, or Wonder. Becky, there are laundry facilities on board mm-hmm. uh, located throughout the ship on different decks. I believe if you have... Um, like a dress or a suit or dress shirts, they can also launder. You can also have those things laundered by Disney, obviously for a fee as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They have got um, coin-operated laundry available on certain floors of the ship, on certain decks of the ship. And then they also have dry cleaning and pickup laundry services from your stateroom. They do have same-day services, but you're going to pay for it, obviously. So the coin-operated, it's not just coins as well. I hear, I've never, since they've rolled this out, I haven't tried it myself, but there's also a way that you can use your key card. Um, to operate those too, so there's a lot of uh, options for you. Yeah, as I say, I think that you don't actually have to bring a roll of quarters. I think you actually yeah. can use your, uh, your your car that has charging privileges on it. Um, all the Remy reservations, perfect example, are sold out. What do we know about the other restaurant, Palo? Palo, listen, for many many <laughs> years, Palo was the pinnacle of dining at sea for Disney. Still, an exceptional Italian restaurant. <clears throat> Sorry. Whether you can get Paolo and or Remy, they're, you know, one's Italian, Paolo's Italian, Remy is French cuisine. So you may like uh, Paolo even more if you more uh, enjoy Italian cuisine. So if you can get into Paolo, 
absolutely do it. It would have been ideal for him to have the cruise first and Disney World second. It's not how it worked. Do I still think it's a good fit? Absolutely. Uh, there are some people who prefer to do Disney World first, have a lot of fun, run around, hit all the attractions, <clears throat> excuse me, and then relax for, you know, four or on the fantasy, a, a seven day cruise where you have a little bit more downtime to kind of lounge out, lay out by the pool, catch some sun, hit the aqueduct and buffet till you drop. Or go to the spa. <laughs> I've, I've heard there's a spa. I've heard there's yeah, a spa. Yeah, personally, I like this the cruise second. That's that's my personal preference because you go like mad at, at the uh, on at Disney World. You run around, you see everything. You're out in the sun, and then on the ship, you just get to kind of calm down, sit back, and relax. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. And Lou, I want to go back really quick on the the Remy reservations. He was talking about being sold out. Please, when you get on board, check. Because they always have cancellations. People do move stuff around. So ask them if they have an active wait list. If they have a wait list, ask to be put on it because people may cancel. People may change plans. People may not be able to get um, time for their, their child care. And a spot may open up. So make sure that you check. Absolutely. And again, we covered a lot of the questions that we had from uh, some of the other people who are coming on board about excursions, about um events and things like that but i want to hit one more final question from bill and kelly daniel it says lou we are so excited to finally join the group on the wdw radio cruise but we'd like to know about the events planned for the group do the events and other planned things cost extra in addition to the cruise are there any things we need to plan on saving up for related to the cruise auctions merchandise etc thanks lou you're certainly the best and that's from bill and kelly bill and kelly <laughs> that's a, a great question that's going to actually segue us into some of the things that we want to talk about for those who maybe weren't on the first cruise and what being part of the group and some of the things that we do have planned and have done in the past uh, mean for you so one of the first questions you asked was a great thing sort of additional cost um, there is no additional cost to be part of this group, to be part of what we're doing. We have a lot of add-on, special, and Becky's gonna, she's getting nervous because I'm going to say something too much, <laughs> special things just for you that are not going to cost you anything else, whether it's an experience, maybe it's a gift, maybe it's who knows what it may be. So you don't yeah. have to worry about doing things like that unless we say, hey, if you wanted, let's all go snorkeling on Castaway Key. If you don't have your own gear, you may have to rent snorkeling equipment, something like that. If you want to go to, you know, Evolution, you may have to purchase your own drinks or 10, Becky. Um, <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff. But we're not going to say, oh, in order to come to the Richard Sherman meet, it's going to be blah. If you want to do this contest or some of these other events, they are not going to be an individual cost. Um, again, this is made in due in large part to the support of you, Becky, from Mouse Fan, making all this happen for us and for the group. Because a lot of the meets that we've done in the past, some of them are very, very simple, right? So we have a kickoff meet where we all get together. People get their credentials. They get a lanyard. They get a schedule. They get sort of initial activities that they get to do, sort of some ice-breaking activities with other guests. Other things we do, we've met at for an aqueduct you know, group ride, coffee at um, uh, at the Cove Cafe. There's pin and vinylmation trading with each other. The evenings in Evolution, we have a final party again, which is is thanks to you guys, uh, not at any additional cost for anyone, and it's something that is only look. All these things are going to be exclusive for our group 
as well. You know, things like other events, the Richard Sherman thing where we have, we're going to get a very large venue, do the math, <laughs> for Richard Sherman. Um, uh-huh. We do a live broadcast, stateroom tours, meets on Castaway Key. And again, Becky, too, this is us not wanting to not tell you things, but there's things that we can't tell you because, A, we don't know when they're going to be. We don't know what they're going to be because we're still sort of blue sky brainstorming. And we also want to have, you know, a few surprises, some unexpected things as well. <laughs> Giveaways and lanyards. Um, Whoa. What, what, what did I do? <laughs> what? <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There's also going to be contests. So last year we did a door decorating contest, which was a ton of fun. So many of you participated in. I still have blisters from going up and down every single deck, <laughs> looking at the great entries. We had a scavenger hunt. I think I need another cruise prep uh, cruise just so I can prepare another scavenger hunt. And, you know, there's prizes. And again, you don't have to sort of pay to be part of these things, but you could win. Maybe a special Something. dinner. Maybe. Hey, 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 hey. What, what? I didn't. I'm just using a for an instance, you know, <sighs> a spa with Becky, whatever it may be. You are um, not within hitting range. This is so hard. And we're <sighs> even going to have things to do for the group before you go. Things that you can do to sort of start getting you excited, getting ready for the cruise. Maybe start meeting some other cruisers as well. Ways to sort of connect with and meet others even before you leave. Some pre-cruise activities. Maybe a little. Fish extender exchange. You never know what it might be. Details are forthcoming. I know she's getting so scared and frustrated. <laughs> if, I, if you weren't 2,500 miles away from me right now, I swear. <laughs> but you're right. And, and one of the things that I always like to, to uh, tell people, thank you for booking this with us because those bookings go to support all of these events. And as you said, we're going to have a a nice large venue for one of the things we're going to do. And it's only available for those of you who booked in the group. It's not like anybody else in the ship is going to be able to wander on in and enjoy this stuff. It's all for you and it's all included as part of this. Um, If you are talking about other additional costs in general, which you'll typically find with uh, any other cruise, is obviously your your own shore excursions, your shopping, your your bar bills. It's it's really hard to get it on on Lou's charge card. I tried and it didn't work, but I tried. Um, and then there's tipping. Uh, cruise tipping is something that's generally a mystery, but those who are um, uh, have cruised before, you'll know what I'm talking about there. But they're they're going to a brand new system with that, where they're now automatically adding tips when you get on board onto your onboard account. So it's going to be a lot less confusing for people as well. And as we dig into more of that detail, and as we get closer, we'll be able to talk more specifically about what to expect in those areas. But that's one of the beautiful things about going on a group cruise like this is that we do have the resources to put together to do some extra special magical things that are um, are part of the group for the same cost that you uh, that you you know paid or would would have paid if you weren't going with the group with the uh, and you were going on your on your own so there's a, a lot of little there's magic to be had and stop giving it away I'm <laughs> not giving away anything away um, you just never know you never know call me and I'll tell yeah, you I'm everything so, um, I'm so nervous right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and, and obviously look stay tuned because as we get closer 
We'll be able to reveal more. We're going to start um, finalizing some of those details between us and with Disney so we can sort of get you guys excited. But uh, I think you're right. As far as additional costs, it's just those things that you would be expecting as part of the cruise in general. Nothing that we're going to be doing is, is going to require any additional cost out of pocket for you guys. And uh, yeah, again, the, I'm... The first- I, the first round in evolution is going to be on you, right? Well, looking at my barbell from last time, clearly the first <laughs> and 16th rounds are on me. <laughs> I don't even think I had a drink. Anyway, um, we are going to post more information. Obviously, there's a, a number of different ways you can stay connected to what's going on. If you visit WDWRadioCruise.com, if you're thinking about coming Becky, there still is time for people to book. You do have cabins available. You do have group space available before and after the cruise. That's where they can come. Look, just get a quote. You'll find out exactly what the rates are. Certainly, I would expect, Becky, as we start getting closer, they may go up. So the sooner you book, the better it probably is for you. We yeah, also those, sorry, those who have already booked, you're, you've got some significant savings, and they're still going to go up as well. But um, as of this time, there was still availability on ocean views. And actually, the ocean views are less expensive than insides right now. So there's a lot of, uh, of great deals to still be had on the cruise, especially knowing the special guests that are going to be with us and, and the extra magic that's going to come along with it. It is going to be magical. I, I will say that. Uh, we would also listen. We, we want you guys to continue to be excited about the cruise. And there's lots of different ways. So if you are... If you want to come by, join the forums over at WDWRadio.com. There is a cruise discussion going on there. You can also ask and answer questions, not just through the show, but there as well. I'm on the forums. Agents from Mousefin Travel on the forums. Other cruisers who've done it a number of times are there as well to help answer your questions. We also have a Facebook event page for the WDW Radio Cruise. You can go there. Also, we've got an awesome logo, with, uh, including me with the unibrow on there as well, too. So if you're interested in cruise-related logo gear, you want to get a shirt, get excited for the cruise, maybe wear it when we are out there as well, who knows? Maybe we'll do another big group photo on Castaway Key, just saying. Um, you can get that as well, too. I'll link in this week's show notes, uh, or if you go to zazzle.com slash Radio, you can find cruise logo wear as well. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot more to come. Again, a lot more surprises as well. Becky, I am super excited for this. The last cruise was awesome. This one's going to be even more so. And I can tell you that Richard Sherman is very excited about it. People ask me all the time, like, how did you get Richard Sherman? I was like, well, I just called him and I asked him. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to come and do a cruise with you guys. So he is really <laughs> excited. His wife is excited about coming on board. And, uh, he is looking forward to being part of this and, and sharing and enjoying the cruise with us as well, too. So it is going to be something special, I, I promise. You know what I'm looking forward to most? The sp- really? The spa? No. Really? The next six months of you and I on the phone for three hours a day oh, putting all this together. Oh, my God. The pain <laughs> I endure for you guys to put this cruise wow. together. You have no idea. <laughs> but it is going to be worth it. It is going to oh, be worth it. Be, and this is going to be incredible. Knowing what we did last time and all of the happy faces and the people that we met and the friends that, that we gained from, from the last cruise, I, I can't wait to see so many familiar faces and, and meet new people again. This is going to be wonderful. Yeah, and that's it. it it's all all about the friendships that we've seen develop that have continued the relationships that have formed uh listen a marriage came out of it somebody proposed to her fiance yeah. to, to her girlfriend on the last cruise so you never know what could happen on this one as well too and 
whether you're coming as a family, as a group, if you've never done a group event before too, I promise you there is a lot for you to do, as much or as little as you want. And if you have additional questions, you can email me at lou at www.radio.com. Again, post in the forums, post on Facebook, or on Twitter too. A lot of people, Stuart and, and guys are counting down the days literally on Twitter Every single day, getting excited for the cruise, so uh, we can. I have to think of a hashtag, a good hashtag for the uh, go. for Twitter as well. So we'll just start off with WDW Radio Cruise for now and work from there. Yeah, as I'm watching the the ticker from Stewart every day, it's like, oh, I, we gotta get to work. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get to work. 170 <laughs> days sounds like a long way away. It's gonna be here it's before not. you know it. Exactly. So excited. Awesome. Becky, thank you again and everybody from your team at Mouse Fan Travel. Look, I've heard nothing but great stuff uh, from people who've been booking with all your agents. And uh, as always, you guys are super, super, super helpful. You can find out more about you guys over at mousefantravel.com. I will be seeing you again soon. West Coast, East Coast, South Coast, whatever coast it may be. And again, looking forward to seeing you on the cruise in Remy one more time. Absolutely. And Remy, we gotta do that. There's, there's. I'm so getting you to Flo's V8 Cafe. That's where you need to. I'm gonna bring you down with the people. I'm gonna be with the people and eat Flo's V8 Cafe. It'll be. I'm gonna get you in a dress after the aqueduct and eat at Flo's V8 Cafe. Wow. There you go. Do you know how? The last time I was in a dress was my wedding. Well, no, there was one other time. But other than that, we're not talking about that at the time, by the way. Moving on. The '80s were bad to you. Anyway, all right. Just thanks again, and I will see you at Flo's. Yeah, if those are our Man has a dream and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. When it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great It's time for the Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I'll ask you a question about Walt Disney World history, a current or former attraction, maybe ask you to identify a line or a sound clip from an attraction or show for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before I give you this week's question, let's go back, review last week's question, the correct answer, and randomly select our winner. As you know, last week, and this week even more so, was really excited about Star Wars Weekends. So I made it Star Wars Weekends related, but you never have had to attend a Star Wars Weekends to find out the answer because the question was very simple. What year was the very first Star Wars Weekends over at Disney's Hollywood Studios? Again, the force being strong with all of you got that it was 1997. There was a lot going on, a lot to celebrate that year. It was the announcement of Episode One, going to be coming out a couple of years later, the first premiere of the special editions of the original trilogy, and what a better place to celebrate than marrying Disney and Star Wars. The first Star Wars weekends took place over five consecutive weekends, but instead of May and June, actually took place from February 21st through March 23rd. There were no Star Wars weekends the following two years after, and again in 2002. The next one did come in 2000, really when Star Wars sort of became reborn for an entire new generation of Star Wars fans. It was the same year back in 97 that Tatooine Traders opened at uh, the end of Star Wars. Before that, it was known as Endor Vendors. And if you remember, it looked not like the Ewok Village 
but that shield generator bunker that was at uh, the end of Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. So again, all of you pretty much got 1997 correct. A lot of you added some great information, some memories that you had too about uh, attending some of the early Star Wars weekends then and in the 2000s. And so I randomly selected one entry from all the correct answers for a prize package that's going to include some surprise Star Wars merchandise that I pulled out, some vintage merchandise from my own personal collection, stuff that I had saved up from when I was a kid. I'm going to share some of that with you, as well as a couple of new pieces of Disney Star Wars merchandise that you can now get in the parks. Again, really excited about what some of the new stuff that's coming for Star Wars weekend. And the winner this week is Josh Atherton. So Josh, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get you your prize package out to you. And if you played last week, thank you so much for playing. And don't worry if you didn't win because you have another chance starting right now. Because this week, last week was Star Wars related. This week is Marvel related because I finally, finally saw The Avengers and I'm going to see it again and again in theaters at least once. I love the comic book movies. Huge fan of some of the earlier uh, Marvel films. And now that Disney owns Marvel and Avengers has come out, Iron Man 3 is coming out, Spider-Man is coming out, my inner geekiness is coming out. So between the Avengers now and Star Wars Weekends, you do the math. Anyway, if you've seen the film, and really you need to, you're going to see some very familiar faces in there. And in fact, one of the actors playing my favorite Avenger, here's your hint, has actually been a superhero once before. So tell me. What actor in the current Avengers movie has also played a different Marvel superhero in two other films? There you go. Email me at contest at wdwradio.com. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, May 20th, to get your answer in. And this week, I'm going to draw one random winner for a prize that's going to include a one-year subscription to Marvel Superheroes magazine. You can sort of bring home the Marvel Universe. Each issue has uh, comics with all new adventures of Marvel Superhero, pull-out posters, games, puzzles, quizzes, collectible bios, lots of other fun stuff as well. This is thanks to Disney Publishing for providing the prize. The only caveat is it is open to U.S. residents only. So if you are overseas, unfortunately, you can play, but cannot win the subscription. Again, Email your answer to the question over at contest at www.radio.com by 11.59 p.m. Sunday, May 20th, for a chance to win. Good luck, have fun, and Hulk smash. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Happy Mother's Day once again to all of you moms, moms-to-be, and those of you who just are mothers to so many other people. Thanks to my mom for helping make me the man that I am today. A couple of quick announcements before we go. I know the show ran long this week. Lots of great events coming up. We'd love to get a chance to see and meet you guys in person, whether you're coming to Walt Disney World or some other places around the country as well. First, again... Our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is this Saturday, May 19th. We're going to kick off Star Wars Weekends. The meet of the month is going to be from 11.30 to 1.30 over at the Backlot Express upstairs inside, located near the Jedi Training Academy stage right next to Star Tours. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing the Carbonite Freezing, the Carbon Freeze Me Experience over by Sounds Dangerous at 9 a.m. So if you're in the parks want to come by, watch how that's going to happen again. 
going to do that at 9 a.m. We may try and get some fast passes in between, maybe hit star tours after the meet of the month. We're also going to stay later on that night, catch the hyperspace hoopla. So we're really going to make a whole day out of Star Wars weekend. And don't forget, too, if you come to the meet of the month dressed in Star Wars costume or regalia or garb, T-shirts don't count. I will also, well, maybe they count. I'll also give you a free Disney Star Wars gift. Quantity is limited, first come, first serve. And maybe I'll even have a special prize for the best costume, male and female, for those who come to the meet of the month. And if you can't make it down, and you should try and come for at least one of the Star Wars weekends, I'm also going to be broadcasting live starting that morning. I'm going to try and broadcast as much as I can from park opening to the Carbon Freeze Me to the meet of the month and the hoopla later on, possibly. Watch Twitter, I'm at Lou Mangiello, or Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. Subscribe over there for exact starting time and when we're going to be broadcasting throughout the day. And again, if you're there for Star Wars Weekends, please come by, say hi, whether it's at the Carbon Freeze Me, the meet of the month, or later on that night in the hoopla. The next meet is actually not going to be in Walt Disney World, but it's going to be in New York City. I'm going to be out speaking at Blog World from June 5th through the 7th. If you want to come by and attend Blog World, you can find out more over at the blog at loumangelo.com. You can also save 10% off your ticket using a special discount code there. But I'm also going to stay a couple of extra days, and we're going to have a meet on Saturday, June 9th. We're going to start uh, getting together in Bryant Park, grab a bite to eat over there, then head over and explore the Disney Store in Times Square. Absolutely no cost to you guys. Uh, anyone and everyone is invited. Bring the whole family. All we ask you to do is register over on the website so we know how many people are coming. Visit the WDW Radio events page. Visit the homepage at wdwradio.com. Click on the events tab. You'll find out about all these events there. You'll also find out about the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet in August, the e-ticket event, an evening sort of at the American Adventurers Club in September, kicking off Epcot's 30th anniversary Lots more going on there as well. While you're on the site, browse around, check out the blog. Lots of great blog posts every day, new contests, guest contributors, vintage photos, and lots more. You can also talk with other Disney fans in our fun, friendly, free discussion forums. If you have a question for me for the show, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the voicemail, 407-900-931. That's 407-900-WDW1. In addition to the show, be sure and come by every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, over at WDW Radio Live. You'll find the link right on the homepage of the website. There, we'll talk about this week's Walt Disney World news in a live, interactive video broadcast and text chat. There, you can be part of the conversation, ask and answer questions. If you can't catch it live, that's okay. I'm going to put the video on the website and the audio in the iTunes feed as well. Also, be sure and look for new videos from Walt Disney World coming not only to the website, but in your iTunes feed as well. So please come by in iTunes. Subscribe to the show there. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors. Of course, you just heard from Becky Mankin. If you're coming on the Disney cruise or going to Disney World or Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, wherever it may be, visit her and her agents over at mousefantravel.com. When you're coming to Disney World, if you want to stay, maybe in something a little bit bigger, maybe you want something more than just a single room, you can get up to a seven or eight bedroom home with your own multiple master bedrooms and private pools and kitchens and spa by visiting all-star vacation homes. And if you want to stay and eat, really, in the heart of Walt Disney World, I love the Swan and Dolphin. The beds are heavenly. The spa is luxurious, or so my wife tells me. And the food at Blue Zoo, Il Molino, and Chula's and so many more is excellent. You can visit them over at swananddolphin.com. Go check out Celebrations Magazine. Celebrationspress.com has a new issue out. 
including information about Star Wars Weekends. The digital version is now available on your iPhone and iPad. Lots going on there as well. And finally, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links on Facebook or Pinterest or Google Plus or other discussion forums. Tell your friends and family. And please come by. It would be really helpful if you rate and review the show over on iTunes as well. And finally, remember to focus on your goals and not your fears. And keep believing in yourself and your dreams and just take some small steps and get started. So until next time, have a great week this week. I'm Lou Mangiello from WDW Radio. Walt was right. Always keep moving forward. See ya. Hi, Lou. I'm just so excited because this is my first time calling into your show. And yes, I am 12 years old. My name is Nicholas, and I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I am known as PMS 100 in the chat room. And I would just like to say hi, and I love your show. And I hope I see you at Disney World. And hi. Hi, this is uh, Carl from uh, Massachusetts. And uh, just listen to the uh, top ten wow moments with uh, Tim. And I'm sorry, I, I forgot the other guy's name at the moment. But while well, my wow moment was at uh, Epcot, it's between me and my mom where uh, we ride uh, Mission Space. That's it. Where it's that first, oh, I'm going to say half of the ride when you're being launched in space and before you take the uh, thing to go past the moon and you... You feel the weight down of the liftoff, and when you're in space, you feel the weightlessness. To me, that's a wow moment. It's one of my favorite moments at Disney World, and uh, I'm sure some others may disagree or agree. So, hey. Um, also, of course, uh, hearing the train whistle. That's why I know I'm like, oh, I'm at Disney. Uh, it's a, a lot of whistles, so like the Liberty Bell and the uh, train whistle. That just is a like, calming yet wow moment for me. I uh, just wanted to give my thoughts. Uh, thanks again for the show, Lou. Take it easy. Bye. Hey there, Lou. It's Doug from Geek Acres, and I am giving you a quick shout to share one of my favorite wow moments that may well now be extinct, and that is the picture that is burned into my brain of my son sitting in the front of the monorail just gazing out the window like the total five-year-old he was and like the total five-year-old I felt like. It was an amazing experience, and I hope and pray that one day it will come back. But on the off chance that it doesn't, so glad that we got a chance to do that a couple of years back. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for the show, and we hope you have a great week. See ya. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away. What are you? Uh, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs>